Hello, Mixnet Cases. This is Nuke Chess, and we've got another show for you today. We're going to be talking about Stop the Train, I Want to Get Off. But first, with me as always... Hi, I'm Tech. And this is Tech's Topic. So go ahead, give us an idea. What what, what, what do I mean, Stop by the Train, I Want to Get Off? Well, it seemed to me... I was, I was reminiscing the other day, and I was thinking about growing up, and it seems that in my life, I sort of followed along with trends in, say, fashion or music or movies, and I sort of followed along with every new thing that came out every year. And then at one point in my life, stop the train, I want to get off. And I stopped <laughs> I stopped liking all the new fashion and all the new movies and all the new music, and I just kind of got stuck in a rut for a while. And I want to talk about that, but what I don't want this to turn into, and you're going to have to pump the brakes here for me a couple times if I do, is I don't mean this to be two old people yelling at the clouds going, oh, the new music today sucks, because that's not what this is about. It's like, all those new movies are, you know, old movies are better. Cary Grant was the best leading man ever, and there's never been another one since. No, that's not what I want this to to turn into. Um, yeah, well, and there's 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 something to be said for, and um, I've I've heard this theory that everybody everybody's taste in music kind of develops by the time you're in your mid twenties. So that that teens to early twenties is like the height of your music and that dictates your taste of music for the rest of your life. Now that right. doesn't mean that you're not going to find new artists, but you kind of stick there and that becomes the thing. And I think there's something really true about that because there's something about music from that time in my life. Even if I didn't like it at that time, I kind of like hearing it now. Right. Well, there is, you know, we could do a whole, I think we've also done whole episodes on nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, you know, the hitting that nostalgia vibe is, uh, something, uh, something very powerful and, and kind of related to this. But okay. So let's talk about music first, I guess. So what kind of music was Lil Nutty listening to up into her teens and early twenties? And where, and where did she go after that? Okay. So it's, it's, it's a little weird in the sense that, uh, my answer is the one that nobody wants to hear. I like lots of things. The shorter list is what I don't like, but I mean, I really did enjoy, um, you know, rock or what we would call classic rock, uh, metal, punk, what we used to call alternative, a little bit of the grunge, definitely some of the riot girl, stuff like that, uh, girl rock, that sort of thing. Um, Definitely was into a lot of that stuff. There was some pop, definitely, like a lot of that stuff did cross over into pop, but there's definitely a lot of pop that I just was not very into. Um, And then of course, musicals, always, always musicals. Right. And do you remember a like a moment where like new music was coming out and you were just kind of sour to it, or do you um, do you have like a like a distinct moment where you remember getting off the train? Well, I think I think part of it is it didn't develop later on. Like I always didn't like boy bands. Right. I like um, what is it? Boys to Men. That's right. the one I'm thinking of from my childhood. Uh, and I say childhood teens, I guess. Now, uh, yeah. Now you have three older sisters. 
So did they like the boy bands? And maybe you, uh, is that like a reason why you didn't like them? Because they did or did they not like it either? Some did, some did not. They okay. all had their own different music. So I, I was heavily influenced by my older siblings because I was definitely around their music. So, I mean, like with one, my oldest sibling, uh, I was getting into Rick Springfield because of her. Right. Um, whereas, uh, other siblings introduced me to heavy metal and, and I did have a sibling. My first concert was New Kids on the Block. Like my first Coliseum concert right. was New Kids on the Block. And not because I wanted to go, but because one of my siblings had bought a bunch of tickets for their friends and one of their friends backed out. So I went and, and I went with and I, I liked the opening bands and stuff. And it was a very surreal experience because people went nuts. How old were you? I don't know. Um, I don't think I was in high school yet. I must have been in like middle school. Okay. Um, I'm, that's my guess at least. I think it was my first year of high school. I think I was 13 or 14. My first concert was Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, see, that's not fair. <laughs> on the, on the Alapalooza tour. Okay, but it uh, was, that wasn't at a Coliseum though. It was at the, the biggest Coliseum we had in town. Yeah. It was at the Arts Center. So it, oh, it okay. had a balcony. Thought, it was no. like stadium seating. Okay. Yeah. No, it that was, counts. That it counts. Was, it is where the symphony plays. You know, it's, yeah. it's the, it's the big venue in a town of 55,000 people. I mean, it's as big as you're going to get unless you go outside to the band shell. Yeah. Which shortly after that, because we had the big, we had the big heritage festival every summer, you know, I saw Leahy live at the band shell. Yes, you do. I do. Yes. That's, it's a Canadian thing though that yeah, you've had that's, to introduce. That, that's the, to. that's okay. the East Coast folk music. It's ten brothers and sisters. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They have a very famous song called "A Call to Dance." Well, and that's the other thing. Folk is another uh, genre of music I grew up with, and I really do love. I mean, my mom was a folk singer, so that's definitely there as well. Right. So, um, so Rick Springfield concert. No, not a Rick F- Springfield concert. Man, I wish. I wish. I would still go to a Rick Springfield concert. I hear that I think it's Rick Springfield and Pat Benatar will often do concerts together. Mm. Like they tour together and that would be a show. I would be all in for What's that. What's a Rick Springfield song I might know? Jesse's Girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know Jesse's Girl. <laughs> not related to Dusty Springfield. No, 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 no. Um who but, I'm now realizing is Dusty Springfield OBE. Oh, I did not know this. Okay. So, um, New Kids on the Block. Yeah. I, I was not into New Kids on the Block at all. Um, I, it just sounds like a bunch of guys crying. I don't know. At least that's how I used to say it. Now I, I, I do kind of dig when it's, it's proper harmonizing. Like I really do like harmonizing, but there's something about boy bands that I'm just not really into. I think the big I want to get off thing was in the early 2000s. Now I'm an adult at this point, but in the early 2000s when it was the Spice Girls and it was in sync and, um, what is it? What's the one that everybody likes? There's a Carter in it. Backstreet Boys. That one. Yeah. Backstreet Boys. I couldn't even think of it. There's a Carter in <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Cause there's a Carter and then his brother was Aaron Carter who. Peace yeah. be unto him. I, yeah, well, hopefully at this point. Um, but, uh, I was just, I was never into the whole boy band thing. I was never into the, 
even the girl, what was it? Something five or slice five, dream nine. I don't know. There was a bunch of them. Uh, there was, uh, the, then there was the English one that had a TV show that was S Club seven. That's it. And that's what I was thinking. S Club stuff. They had a TV show. They, d- they did. It was, uh, it was a bunch of kids at a beach resort. It was very monkeys like in okay. that it was very, very silly. See, and the monkeys I dig. Right. But that's way before our time. That's not <laughs> like, that's, you know, my parents watched the monkeys. Yeah, but it was on reruns. Right. No, it, yeah. no. Yeah, so it, I, it, it, I, it played at the same time as Batman and Pink Panther and Get Smart. Yeah. And, exactly. Exactly. And that th- those were fun. Those were fun. That but, Saturday afternoon power hour when you can get the TV away from dad who's been watching golf all day, you can watch yeah, the it was, monkeys and it Get was Smart. Definitely, I want to get off for that. I was not really into... Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and, um, you know, all the Disney kids that were becoming stars and things like that. Um, right. you know, Hannah Montana. Sure. Well, well, we're older at this point. Yeah. So, well, and that's the thing. That's, that's where I think it kind of falls in, in, in there. Um, but there's a lot of like, um, new music that I really do dig. And I think, um, I'm even more eclectic now. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 talk about where yeah. we are now in a bit. Okay, uh, I, I'm I'm yep. trying to go for a format here. Go go go! Do your format. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So, um, I got off the train. I think it's 16 years old, and I, I remember the moment exactly because up here on uh, up here in Canada, we didn't get the music television. We got much music. Yeah, and much music has to play. You know, the Canadian channels have to play by law something like 30 percent Canadian content. So we got very different artists. Than you uh, you guys did in the United States with quite a bit of crossover, but you know trends are trends and fads are fads. Th- that's why there was yeah. you know some artists that are very different because we had thirty percent bylaw that had to be Canadian content. Yeah. And along with that is a lot of the content that they would add sometimes is they wouldn't just immediately go American. Is that they would grab a lot of British content, mm. and we would get Brit stars that weren't known anywhere outside the UK, or if they were, they were you know. Not that big, but I remember once it's it's when I realized that it was a business mm. and that they were hyping this star to try to propel him into North America. Some guy by the name of Robbie Williams. Oh, and it was their big winter festival. It was a big live show and the MC is trying to hype the crowd up. And it's like, introducing Robbie Williams! And he comes out and the crowd is giving him the most polite, you just hit a bogey on hole number six claps. Yay! And they're trying to hype it up and they're, you know, doing a lot of crazy quick zooms into the crowd and the crowd is not into it. And there's Robbie Williams in a snowsuit on a stage at some ski resort, like trying to belt out his lyrics. It's like, I don't like this song. I don't like his face. I don't like his music. I don't like anything about this. And why is every ad playing for this for his new album, which I don't want to listen? Oh, my God. I don't like new music anymore. Stop the train. I want to get off. (laughs) So Robbie Williams is what did it to you? Yeah. Yeah. And this was, I was 16, so that was 94. And like the next couple of years, the next few years is when uh, there's a bunch of music that I started listening to that you can't listen to on the radio and won't play on the music television. That's that that is true. 
And, you know, that's when I discovered industrial. That's when I discovered bands like KMFDM. That's when I discovered White Zombie, which then became Rob Zombie. And then, you know, a couple of years later, that's when all the pop stars started doing electronic music. You know, where, mm-hmm. where, where Madonna has a song like Frozen. Yeah. Or George Michael decides to finally come out and be comfortable with himself and starts doing the dance music that his fans have been listening to for decades. Or that he's been listening that to. That he's been listening years. to. And his dance music's amazing. I, I know this is really weird. I'm a closet George Michael fan, but I like his music. What can I say? I mean, that, go, there's go. some irony in being a closet George Michael fan. <laughs> 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 there's some definite irony there. Um, oh, I think I think funny. what you're saying is it's not that you didn't like new, new music. It's that... I didn't like Robbie Williams. You didn't like pop and you didn't like what was being delivered to you and you started thinking for yourself and finding music that wasn't on the mainstream you were you were you were finding that hey just because it's not on mtv or much or my my whatever what is it the fox the bear the whatever radio station uh that is in your town dingo and the baby (laughs) yeah dingo and the baby um that that there's that doesn't mean that it's not good music no and no you're right and it was this realization that radio and music television are businesses yes and that at the end of the day they play what they're paid to play yep and that an artist or a recording uh, company with money who is hyping an artist does not necessarily mean that that artist is any better or any worse than somebody in your local town playing in a bar because the, the, we discovered that many years later and, you know, I had it reinforced many times working for community radio. I was just going to say, this sounds like an argument for community radio. There are artists in your local scene that are as good or better. When than- you have a nonprofit radio station, you're not being paid to put things on the mu- radio and you don't have to kowtow to uh, record labels and business interests. And all of a sudden you meet people that are doing things like... Uh, their combination funk country band, yep, which is now on a European tour, yep, playing weirdo music. But my gosh, is it good? It's weird. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Or you know, metal bands that you've never heard of that would blow the roof off a stadium just as hard as ACDC or Slayer or any of these other bands if they had half a chance. But but they don't. But the thing or is that that zombie killing party punk band that you never knew you needed in your life uh, that writes that 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 writes a song about the tale of Persephone from the Perse- from, from from the side of Hades. Yes. As a good thing. Yeah. 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 Um. Oh yeah. my. Yeah. No. I mean, there's there's some like amazing music, and it it's one of these things that. Like I remember, see, we grew up very differently. Um, as you said, your, your biggest musical venue is where the symphony played or rather the only right venue. <laughs> well, well, that or the band shell out by the beach, right? Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, but you grew up outside one of the major metropolitan cities in the world. You exactly. Had- exactly. So like it was, where are you going? Are you going to the stadium? Are you going to the Coliseum or are you going to the Roxy? Are you going to CBGB's CBGB, or, you-, you know, the, the, the greatest venues of all time? And yeah. it wasn't until we lived close to Toronto. Yeah, that we were uh, finally able to start going to some of these little hole in the wall venues that are fifty years old that are great places like well, the one place whose name I don't know if I can say on this podcast. Uh, 
Let's just call it the bovine. Yeah, we'll call it the bovine. I mean, I think we could because we could say it on um, radio. We were able to say it on the radio. We station. went to the bovine sex club. Yes, the name of it is not a sex club. It is, it is a music venue. And there's it's no cows in, in it, and it's very small. But it is. Um, well known, well known. And the Bullvine Sex Club, you're going to find a lot of interesting bands. And uh, yeah, we got to go there quite a few times. It was great. Um, but I was also thinking about um, access to independent music sellers. Mm-hmm. So I had right on Long Island, we had Looney Tunes, um, which is where you would go for your records and your cassettes and CDs eventually of the non-mainstream things like you could get the pop and everything else there that was on the radio but you could also go there and you could get all of the obscure stuff and you could discover things or it's just a train ride into the city and then you're in the East Village and you're going through and you're finding all of these weird things so I actually had not just the access to go see different kinds of bands I had the access to actually you know, get that stuff and take it home with me. Whereas, did you even have anything like that? Like, what yeah, was your we availability pre-internet? We had a couple really good record stores. Mm-hmm. Um, one was inside the town shopping mall. The other one was like tucked away in a corner in a in a. It was tucked away between a sporting goods store. Is a sporting goods store a nutritional supplement store that also um, catered to a bodybuilding crowd. So it's where you went to get your bodybuilder bikinis and your like 40 pound tub of whey protein. And then there was like an extra door inside the little vestibule that would take you into this like this little hole in the wall record shop. And uh, it was the kind of place where the employees knew their regular customers by name. They would like hold albums for you. Oh, that's cool. Or it's, you could go and you knew that I could talk to that guy about rock music or I could talk to that guy about, uh, folk music or I could talk to that guy about, you know, uh, classic funk or whatever. And it's, Hey, I just listened to these three albums. Can you recommend something for me? Yeah. And then they'd go, Oh, well, if you like that, you'd like this. And that's really how I got into, uh, how I got into drum and bass in my mid twenties. That's awesome. Was I had listened to a couple drum and bass tracks from a video game soundtrack, and it's like I I see a drum and bass section at the record store, and this guy comes over to me, and he's like, "What are you looking for?" I go, "I don't know. I I've listened to this, this, and this, and I want more." And he goes, "Oh, well, then you want to listen to Noisia Bailey and a couple other artists." And I remember that album. It was Bailey's Soul Thunder, mm. and I started I started grooving to it, but it was too heavy. I needed something a little more mellow and then a little more mellow and then a little more mellow. And then that eventually left me to discover liquid drum and bass, which is basically a lot of what I listen to now. Yeah. Um, but it was all thanks to that, that unknown employee, you know, hats off to you, sir, at this record store. But it was, I don't know, there's, there's like a thing when you're a kid where I remember, I remember being in like elementary school and middle school and being like a, we were all slaves to trends. Yeah. And if you were not on the cutting edge of the trends, or even if you were too cutting edge, then you were wrong. It's you had to, it was like surfing, right? You had to surf the curl of, of, of popular culture, and you had to sort of know just enough about all the things, but not be a super fan, and you had to like all the things, but not too much, and you, you couldn't hate anything that somebody else liked, and you just had to sort of ride this curve, and I was, perpetually beaten up for not knowing how to surf this wave properly i i i was gonna say like i always failed that that is that is that 
hidden curriculum that I never understood and didn't have the same access. Well, okay, I was in a very metropolitan area. I had, uh, you know, places I could go and things, but I come from a large family. My parents were not buying me the latest things. Now, this is not me. I remember um, my mom would always bring it up because for older siblings, it was that they had to have the Jordache jeans. Right. Nothing comes between me and my Jordans. Uh, and I think like there was one pair that was bought at some point and they were hand-me-downs and they never actually fit me. But my, my mom's like, here, you can wear the Jordache jeans. It's like, I can't wear Jordache jeans to school. <laughs> like for us, it was uh, the big, the big item, the big yeah. clothing item was Varnay t-shirts. I know we didn't have that. Uh, so for a while there was, I was to finish up. I was going to say people don't wear Jordache. They wear Cavaricis. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, it was, um, Ocean Pacific, OP. Right. You know, o- you know. o- OP was really big in like grade six and seven. Yeah. Uh, champion sweatshirts, but you had to wear them inside out. Champion, I remember that was like the cheap stuff that you'd get at Zeller's. Well, that's the thing that's so funny. Like it was like I look at Champion and I'm like, that's a, a basics company. But for some reason, Champions was the big deal. But you had to wear it inside out. And um L.A. Gears which I never had the LA gear sneakers, but I did. With the scrunchy socks? I did have the socks and I really liked them. <laughs> the scrunchy socks because they weren't tight, but they did that exact, like it looked like you were wearing leg warmers and that was the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yes, I come from a time when leg warmers were the cool thing and leotards. Uh, so. Oh man, let us never go back to leg warmers and leotards. I know that they're probably out there and people are like, oh my God, it's so fat. So the, the brands that I remember, okay, so Ocean Pacific, Varnay, which is very funny because Varnay is a French eyeglass designer. They make yeah. sunglasses. I never saw a single pair of Varnay sunglasses in my life, but everybody would wear the Varnay t-shirts. Ah, yeah, I, I never. Uh, and the other one was a brand called Chip and Pepper. Nope. And this was huge in elementary school and middle school. So Chip and Pepper was, um, the brand symbol was two like cartoon bulldogs, like, like mm-hmm. Looney Tunes style bulldogs with the big spike collars and the cool guy sunglasses. But it was massively oversized tie dye t-shirts. Okay. And I mean like your ape wearing a man's 2X. I mean, they were supposed to yeah. be like way huge on you and it was like all kind of funky tie-dye yeah tie-dye was huge and man man and you would ha- you would tie it like uh girls would tie it in a knot in the corner yep yeah yep and, and, and you had to have enough fabric in order to do that it couldn't actually fit you we wore the sleeves off these what things. about i i'm I'm not sure if this is the name Hypercolor. Was that it? The, yes. I, the heat sensitive shirts that if you put them in the dryer, you would ruin. I found one at a thrift shop as an adult and yeah. I had to buy it. Did it work? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So it hadn't been put in the dryer? No, it still worked after going in the oh, dryer. I thought if you put it in the dryer, it didn't no, work. No, it just changed color and then it would come back as it cooled. Oh. Uh, but... But yeah, and then it was always fun that, you know, you'd go to a party with a hypercolor shirt and everybody would be like, ooh, let me touch you. And Okay, so um didn't go to any of those, um, <laughs> but uh, that, that I could see that being a lot of fun. I never got a hypercolor. I really wanted a hypercolor shirt. Like, but people had hypercolor shirts. They had the pants. They had everything. Like, it, they were all over it. Hypercolor was 
everything. Yep. And um, yeah, mine went from like a pink to like a mint green. Ah, nice. I so I was never up with the trends for any of that stuff at all, and I it started really early. Um, and I don't even have memory of this, but basically I was in kindergarten or first grade and my mom got called to the school because the kids make fun of me for having ribbons in my braids. And that apparently is so uncool and out of fashion. And well, you really can't dress your daughter that way if you don't want her to get picked on. And my mom was like, what? Like, I, this is my seventh child. I've seen bullies. I've seen trends. I know the whole Jordash jeans thing, but are you kidding me? And then my parents also kind of had a thing against specific trends. Um, when the Cabbage Patch came out, we were not allowed to get Cabbage Patch. Pound puppies uh, was one that my mom drew a hard line against, and I'm still not sure why. I'll never know the answer. Oh, I don't know. You'll never know the answer. No. But, uh, so you, you got beanie babies. Oh, yeah, but we were adults by the time we started getting oh, those. Okay. We were well out of school. Um, so it was after the huge beanie babies craze. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. But like Cabbage Patch was the first toy that I, I remember hearing reports of people getting into fist fights. Right. At the over store. At the yeah, store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mom said, if a toy causes that much violence, it's not worth it. And I don't want you having one. Um, so I never got one. My friends had dozens of them. Oh, they had so many. Uh, My sister patch. had one. It was a, it was a baby. It was because like, you had the ones that looked like little yeah. toddlers. And then they came out with like the Cabbage Patch babies. That was like a little infant. But they still had the hard plastic head. But now it was bald. So yeah. there was no impact protection whatsoever. <laughs> And if you give a girl, you give a girl like my sister a weapon, like a little doll with a hard plastic head and no cushioning, like that little doll, I remember her name was Alicia. Alicia, the Cabbage Patch Baby, was a flail that my sister would just grab by the feet and beat me to death with. Now, of course, I deserved it most of the time because, well, I'm a monster, but yes. I was a big brother. I mean, hey, you know, we antagonized each yes. other and she would beat me up with her, with her, with her Cabbage Patch doll. So, uh, I was looking it up and I was like, well, how much were they? Oh, they were $30 in 1985. That's not that big a deal. $30. That's like $60 now. Uh, according to the inflation calculator, $82.75. That's a little steep. But even 60, that's a lot. And my friends had, as I said, dozens. Like, I mean, it's not. It's not, still not the value of like, not value, but the cost of um, an American girl doll. Those yeah, are expensive. Yeah, but you don't play with an American girl doll like you do a Cabbage Patch doll. You play with it, but yeah, you, the Cabbage Patch you're supposed to go to bed with, I guess. What That sounds weird. Uh, right. sl- snuggle, you know, like a teddy bear. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I so right from the get-go, we were kind of taught that trends are bad kind of a thing. Now, some of my siblings, their rebellion was to go hard into trends and others were like, okay, whatever. And so I just always knew that I was getting it wrong no matter what. <laughs> no, uh, for me, it was my hair that mm. was like that. That if I, if I went one way, I was trying too hard to be like the cool kids and that would get me beat up. Or if I just let my hair grow then they would pull my hair 
or I remember the one, and this was from a friend of mine who, when mm. I had, you know, long hair down to my shoulders and I just, I had curly hair, so I would just comb it back from the front and it would just sort of curl yeah. naturally into a mop and then it would just go down my back. And I remember one guy, he looks at his mom who has a perm and he looks at me and goes, why are you wearing my mother's hairstyle? Why do you have hair like my mom? Oh, gosh. As I... Oh. Why did your mom pay money to get hair like mine? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, no, I, I, know. I don't know the answer to that. So I um I wore my hair long until I joined the army, and then I shaved my hair off, which then led to a bunch of cancer victim jokes. Uh, you never you never did the feathered bangs. No, never bangs. The the, the feathering in the front never did that. Uh, like if it was short, yeah, yeah, you'd try to like spike it up at the front with water from the sink in the bathroom. Oh, and, is that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so for us and and guys did it too. It yeah. was all about feathering the front, so it looked like your hair made like a fl- big flower in the front. Yeah, no, no, the eighties poof. Yeah, uh, no, but you, what you were trying to do was to spike up the front to make the front look like a miniature lawn rake. Oh, I thought that was like a 2000s thing. Well, no, that was like sixth grade. So, oh, wow. Okay, man, you guys were advanced. Um, yeah, well, I guess, yeah, we did have, we had spiky hair. Like people would use gel and make little spikes oh, on Oh, heck top. yeah. That was a big thing. Um, I tried the perm once. It didn't work. The feathering of the bangs did not work. Somebody got it to work once and then like an hour later it was gone. Um Man, it took a whole can of Aquanet, and it only lasted an hour. So I, I was actually just uh, on a completely other topic. I was looking up, uh, I was reading about perms the other day yeah. for some reason, and it was a picture. There's a picture on the Wikipedia article for perms mm-hmm. uh, of a woman that um, her hair won some prestigious hairstyling competition in the 1930s, mm-hmm. and she's got like whirls done into like a flapper style haircut. Yeah, and she's got whorls, but half her head is blue. Oh, because they put dye in the setting solution when they were putting the curls in permanently. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. And I'd never heard of that. I thought that was cool. That's a beautiful picture. Oh, I just, just looked it, it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I would love that. Like, I would love to see somebody wearing that hairstyle today. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really cool. Uh, and that is one of those things that does come back the whole vintage thing. But yeah, so so I never quite understood the trends. Um, clothing, and- no, and clothing to me was another thing, mainly due to bullies. That it didn't matter what brand I wore, I was either trying too hard yeah. or it wasn't the right brand. So, and if I wore a logo. Or I wore a character, like if I wore like a Bart Simpson shirt or mm-hmm. something, well then they were going to find something about it to make fun of me uh, and just pick and pick and pick and pick. And it just got so annoying that I stopped wearing designs and logos at all. I was the guy that wore like basic t-shirts with basic yeah. hoodies with no colors, no logos, you know, just like flat colors and no logos, no prints, no nothing because you can't bother me about my clothing if it's a gray shirt with a black hoodie. So people yeah. left me alone. They found other things to bug me for, but at least they weren't bugging me about my clothes this time. So, and I wore that until after high school. And then it was, I can wear anything I want. I can wear anything I want. And then I turned into a fashion casually because I had no idea what to wear. And it took me, oh gosh, until my middle thirties to try to find I mean, a... like how many bowling t-shirts, uh, not t-shirts, button ups, the bowling shirts. I love my bowling shirts. They look <laughs> great. Unlike unlike uh, t-shirts, I can't turn them into a quilt. What did the? Oh, anyway, um, 
but I would uh, wear, um, I, I, yeah, you know, you know, bowling shirts or uh, you know, d- different different sizes of pants as I as my flares as my 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 raver style fat pants with chains got chainier and fatter and fatter and fatter until I had a couple of pair where the 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 bottom the ankle of each pant leg was bigger than the waist of the pant which was fantastic yeah. but it took me yeah gosh until my middle 30s to find a style that I liked and now I'm an old man in my mid 40s <laughs> <laughs> well i mean and you never went fully to the jenko no no we didn't have those i'd never even heard of those until recently oh really oh okay yeah, I never went fully to the Jenkos. Like I had some fat pants. But th- that's the thing I was telling you is that apparently Jenkos are making a comeback. Yeah, I keep hearing that, but I haven't actually seen people and wear them. So there was a guy in an it was an ad on YouTube or something, but the guy is rollerblading in a pair of Jenko jeans, and the pockets on the back of the pants are so big. He's got a Super Nintendo in one pocket and a Genesis in the other. Not a Game Boy, not a Game Gear. No, the whole Super Nintendo tucked in the back pocket. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, for me, I think, um, I did some experimenting with, uh, fashion as it were. Uh, I remember having people comment in high school that I didn't know what I was because every day I was wearing a different kind of outfit and I didn't understand. Yeah, and, and that's the, that's the <laughs> thing with the tribalism of high school, right? Yeah. It's that you have to identify with a clique and you have to, oh, you're wearing a trench coat. That means this. Oh, you're wearing your sports yeah, jersey. Like, that means this. Oh, you're wearing but this. But I'm not in that. any of those tribes. I don't have any friends. Leave me alone. Like, man, if I had the comebacks today back then, it'd be, it'd be a very different situation. But, uh, and then, you know, when I was in college, I experimented, but there really wasn't a lot of availability for things for me. Um, I mentioned this to you while we were driving and I'll, I'll mention it to the listeners. I am a fat woman. There is not a lot of clothing for fat women in the nineties and the early two thousands. You could only shop at very specific stores and there was no such thing as online or talking to people and finding out what brands and other places you could go or internet sites that will build you outfits to your measurements. You know, there's a lot more that we have today. It's still not enough. I walk through a mall and there will be several times that there's not a single mall, not a single plus size clothing store in a mall, let alone stores that even have anything that will fit my body. So this is a thing. Um, when I was, you know, early twenties, um, you know, like 18 to 22, I was dressing like an old lady because it's all I could find that would fit my body. I do remember, you know, having to wear professional attire and professional attire was a, what we would call now a maxi skirt, but it would have been like one of those big flowing maxi skirts that your teachers would wear. And I would pair that with a blouse. How boring does all that sound? It just as boring as it actually was. It was terrible fashion. And it's not been until I was in my 30s and my 40s that I am able to find outfits that I like that I'm not hiding in. That's another big thing. And um, there's no trend that I really follow. Like there, there have been a couple of things where uh, there are trends that I've tried in that sense. Like the, the jumpers became a really big trend for a while. 
And I just remember having such a problem with them when I was a kid because I couldn't go to the bathroom because the, the, the zipper was on the back. And it's like, how do you do this? Cause you have to take the whole thing off in order to go to the bathroom. And I have one jumper and it, it looks really cute, but, um, yeah, I just, I, me, my big trying to come back moment, I, I tried in the late aughts to, try to be a little bit more fashion forward and I tried with shoes mm. because well you know more inside baseball for the listener I have scoliosis I have mm-hmm. a crooked spine it's not very severe but I have a crooked spine I have crooked hips and a crooked leg so it causes a lot of joint problems when I walk and I run so I have learned over the course of my life that there are specific brands of shoe and specific features that I have to look for. So what I tend to do now is I buy every year, I buy the same shoe that I bought last year, maybe in a different color or a different thing, but I buy the same brand and the same make and model because I know it works for my feet and my knees and my hip and my ankle and my back and it's comfortable. And whether it's a a runner or a a walking shoe, a hiking shoe, a, a winter boot, I buy the same one every year. And I remember in the early aughts, there were ads for um, a new sneaker, a new Adidas sneaker that looked really cool. And I went out and spent like $300 on this shoe and I put it on my feet and I went for one run and I had cramps up my arches like you wouldn't believe and massive blisters on my feet and they hurt and I sucked and I couldn't run like anything before and I threw them in the trash. I held on to them for like a year and then I threw them in the yeah. trash. But I never wore them again after that one run that just... And I remember my boss looking at looking at my feet. He goes, oh, those are the new shoes. How do you like them? I go, I don't. And he goes, well, I think you just learned a lesson. I was like, yeah, I did learn a lesson. But yeah. uh, years ago or years later, when I'm a student at the school, I'm watching the student ahead of me and he's pronating. So his feet are rolling inwards. And it's so bad that the inside ball of his ankle is almost touching the ground. His feet are like almost yeah. completely sideways and his knees are knocking as he's running. And I'm like, hey, uh. How uh, you're you're pronating pretty bad. He goes, I'm what? I go, your your feet, they're they're rolling to the inside. It's like I think you need a shoe with a little bit more support and stability on the inside to help roll your ankle back the way it should. He goes, you obviously don't know anything about shoes. These are the new brand X X Y Z shoes. I go, well, it doesn't matter what the shoe is if it's not made for your foot, it's not going to be comfortable. Yeah. It's like, are you in pain right now? He goes, I'm in a lot of pain. I'm like. I think you need to change your shoe. He goes, but this is the shoe that famous athlete celebrity X wears. It's like, I don't care if he wears it. You don't have his feet. Yeah. <laughs> and and obviously you're in a lot of pain. You need to change. Well, I spent $400 on these shoes. I'm not getting rid of them. It's like, enjoy the pain then. I, 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 I get this all the time when uh, people are like, oh, I need a really good shoe. Um, and like I said, there are communities where – Fat people like myself can ask questions. Hey, anybody know where to find this item that would work for somebody with a larger body? And one of the things that happens all the time is they're like, anybody know where to find shoes for fat feet? And right. It's in, like, in, in wide widths. And well, the, they don't even go that far. A lot of times people, they don't understand that feet are different and everybody has a different need. And it's like, well, do you pronate? Do you supinate? Do you need a suitability shoe? Do you need a wide width? Do you need extra room on the top? And everyone, not everyone, I'm just generalizing here, but a lot of people don't understand that your foot is very unique, that you need something super unique, just like 
any many garments might not be built for somebody with your type of frame. So um, some people have long torsos, some people have short torsos, some people have average torsos. And all depending on the length of your torso or your legs could change how something looks on you. And everything is so individualized. In the old days, clothing, all clothing was bespoke. People might have, you know, two outfits total because all clothing was bespoke, but it would fit them really well. Um, now we just buy things off the rack. It was a great, you know, it's a great invention, but it's all designed to fit one model. And that one model isn't you. And I, I read this article about this um, jeans model that all of this one brand of jeans were based on her her size, her measurements, and then they just made them bigger for bigger sizes. She does not have the typical proportions. She has her proportions. Mm -hmm. So everybody is unique. Everybody has different needs. And when it comes to shoes, that's extremely important because like you said, you have scoliosis. What you wear on your feet really impacts what happens with your back. I am willing I am willing to sacrifice a complete outfit if it means that my feet are comfortable. Yeah. I mean, I have fancy dress shoes that I wear, but if I know I'm going to be on my feet all day and we're going to be moving around, I'm not going to wear them all day. Uh, I will sacrifice the look. The same thing when I'm cosplaying. I have one question, though. Mm-hmm. What about when you don't have a choice because there's a re- uniform code? Well, that's because I have yeah. very expensive insoles. Ah, there in you my, go. In my dress boots. So, you, uh, you know, I have found ways to make that comfortable. But, uh, you know, same thing with cosplaying. Yeah. I will sacrifice the look of a costume for comfortable footwear. I am not going to walk around, you know, and as method of a costumer as I am, the type of guy that, well, if it called for steel, I'm going to put steel on my body and I don't care if my costume weighs 40 pounds. Yeah. But if the character was wearing high heels at the time, I'm probably not going to walk around all day at a con in high heels. Just not without training and practice. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my feet are not built for that. Um, I don't know. I will say you wear high heels more often than I do. Right. Yes, because my combat <laughs> boots have a have a natural one inch. I wear one inch wedges all day, every day. I'm very comfortable in heels. <laughs> well, they were designed for men, so absolutely. But but uh, anybody can wear heels. Now, um, I just don't think I have the balance in the articulation to do stilettos. I mean, same, same. <laughs> 100% same. Now, um, I want to, okay, so, uh, to finish this off here, I want to ask about music. Yeah. So, have you tried getting back on the fashion train of music? And I'll say very quickly that for me, it was listening to radio or listening to, you know, the, the radio at like a grocery store or something, and you hear a song and you go, that's kind of a bop. I kind of like this new song. Who is this? It's like, look, you know, Shazam it or something. It's like, oh, it's the Maroon 5. Oh, that's not too bad. Then a song comes on the music television or on YouTube. It's like, hey, what is this? Oh, it's that Maroon 5 again. Do I like the Maroon 5? How old am I? Oh, gosh. You're so old. You're calling it the Maroon 5. Ah, yes, the Maroon 5. <laughs> At least I'm not calling them the Maroon 5s. <laughs> the Maroon 5s? Um... I, I've had a few moments where, um, something that is one of those things nobody, not nobody knows, but that's not mainstream has gone mainstream. You know, like, uh, I really, I really dug Lizzo before. I sound so hipster saying this. I'm not trying to be a hipster. I'm not trying to say anything, but maybe a, a year to three years 
yeah, maybe two or three years before her big album came out, her debut album, when she just had a couple EPs where the people were trading them online or they were at like different places. Um, I was listening to Lizzo before that, that first album dropped and I dug her. She was great. Well, if you remember, um, you know, at the community radio station, we were listening to a band called Monster Truck. That was where I was going next. Yeah, yeah, Monster Truck was like this amazing little underground band that nobody had ever heard of, and they rocked so hard. And then they're doing Ford commercials. Yeah, and and you thought you thought like with the, by the way the the name. I can never remember which one's Monster Truck and which one's Trucker Diablo. But either way, both of them, the, their name makes you sound make it sound like they do like country rock no <laughs> they're not never listen to uh, a band's name because it never not never but lately i mean they they don't sound like what you think they sound like based on their name so i'm just gonna say that but uh yeah no we're uh, the pack ad is another one of them that yeah, they got huge they got huge we had a couple that we would play on the radio and it's like Okay, you can play their these things, but you can't play this because now they're top forty. You know, it's like I've I've always kind of had my ear to the track for like popular music. I mean that I'm I'm aware of popular music that's coming out, and every now and then there's an artist that sort of catches my attention Mm -hmm. for a couple of minutes or maybe for an album, and I'll listen to it and I'll really really like it, and then I'll just go back to my stuff. But Chloe Mariando is one of them. Yes. That, that she she was a nobody. And I hear then, she, I hear she eats boys. She does. She eats boys. Um, That's but, the title of her of her big hit song, by the way. I eat boys. It's a fantastically <laughs> fun song. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I I think that um, I always kind of like you said, keep your ear out. Kinda, I, I want to have just enough information so that I don't get lost when people are talking or there are questions or you know references made. Um, I am not a K-pop stan or anything like that, but I can tell you who Blackpink is and BTS and, um, you know, I, I have a couple of names that I can throw out there, you know, and I can I'm, make I'm a, it through a conversation. I'm, I'm aware of all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing that has completely blown past me though is I was a, I was a pretty big rap fan in the nineties. Mm-hmm. And then, now, um, like every time I see a news story about rap artist did rap artist this did that or did this, and I haven't heard a single one of these there's, people's songs. There's a lot I of them. I don't yeah. know, and they're all named Lil something. <laughs> I, I don't know why that is. They're all Lil. Man, wasn't that confusing? That there's a Khalid and a Khalid, yeah, and a Nas and a Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X, yes. Yeah, there you go. But and I do like that they collab together, and then yeah. even Nas himself is like, it's Lil Nas and Big Nas. Yeah. <laughs> and then they did the track, which was pretty good. But I just, I, I, I don't think I've listened. What's the last new rap song I listened to? It was probably a Lil Nas X track. Yeah, probably. Lil. I was, I was thinking if it was Megan The Stallion, but I think. Uh, Lil Nas X came out with more things since and that, her. that ties back into something else because yeah. Megan Thee Stallion did a collab with the Maroon 5. <laughs> yes. And it was called Beautiful Just Mistake. Just Maroon 5. It's 
It's funnier this way. Oh my god! The the more you say it, the older you get, the higher your pants go. <laughs> my pants do go pretty high. That was that was another fashion thing. That one day I'm I'm looking I'm I, I'm hiking my pants up, and I'm realizing how high my pants are going. And I'm wearing a plaid I'm wearing a plaid button up shirt as I'm hiking my pants up over my belly button, going, "Good gosh, this belt isn't holding these anymore. I need suspender." Oh no, <laughs> what have I done? I am married to an old man, <laughs> but yeah, um, there's you know I have to say that I think what's current coming out now though, a lot of what's coming out now. I'm less, I need to get off this train. In the early 2000s, I really wanted off the train. I was not interested in what was on the radio or popular. But there's a lot more of the songs that I listen to now that are on the radio. And I don't know if it's just that what's popular has gotten not better, but more in line with my tastes, or if I've just gotten older and I'm less grumpy and I tolerate it more. Um, I, I think I'm a lot more willing to just admit that it's not my sound. Hmm. You know, everybody had all those friends. I listen to everything but opera. So why? What's wrong with opera? Yeah, I listen to opera. There's some great opera stuff out there. What you 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 didn't like the the diva scene in Fifth Element? No, you didn't. No, I didn't like Fifth Element at all back then. I love. But it you, you like Carmen, <laughs> and but anyway, my my point is that uh, it's I'm not trying to please anyone with my yeah. musical tastes anymore. I'm not trying to uh, uh, not get beat up by bullies anymore. I'm not trying to fake it until I make it. I'm not trying to. It, it really is more just about your personal preference now. Right. And, and sometimes a new track will come out and I like it. Sometimes a new track will come out and I don't like it. And sometimes the music style that I really, really like that I've been listening to for 20 years will drop an absolute stinker and I won't like it. I'm, yeah. I'm allowed to not like things now. This is true. This is true. Um, You know, there's one Lizzo song that I usually skip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not that into Jerome. Um. So and 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 that's okay and that's yeah. fine because nobody says that if you like an artist you have to like every single thing well, in their catalog. Most artists, there's more than one song that I'll skip. It's just Lizzo happens to put out really good albums. Yeah, well, you know, it's the same thing with you know, like the Wu Tang. It's like yeah, I will never hear everything in their catalog and all of their individual members' catalogs. I don't know every single track they've done. But that doesn't mean I'm not a fan, and that doesn't mean I don't like their stuff. I'm going to go back and listen to 36 Chambers again. Why? Because it's an awesome album. That's but, true. I'm going to go back and listen to License to Ill again, because right. it's a good album. You know? But that doesn't mean that I'm not a fan, and it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And then um, it, it just means that you know I, I know what I like, and I, I listen to what I like, and I don't listen to things I don't like. Um, and you know, we started this by talking about you know you're along on the fashion train. Yeah. And then you get off at a station. And now I'm in my old age and what I realized that it's not one train line. Yeah. It's a subway net. It's a subway network of I'm going to go up to this station and then get on the J train to the four and ride the four to the six and then the six on the D line all the way uptown and then take the seven back into funky town. And won't you take me? To Funky Town? Yes. It's the number seven train. Yeah. All right. That sounds good to me. I'm all in for the Funky Town. Woot, woot. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 you know, it's a, it's a subway net now. I, of, I, of I interconnected will say tracks. that I like the, the, the metaphor that you have going here because 
you know, yeah, you get off the you get off the train of trends and what's next and what's hot and all of that. And you start to develop your own personal preference and your own actual style. And it's all based on what do you what are you actually interested in? You're not there's no keeping up with the Joneses. There's not sounding cool because you know more than someone else. There's not any of those external things. It's what do you want to listen to? when you're by yourself kind of a thing. And that's really important. But I think also once you get into that part, you can then turn around and say, I always shunned the disco train. I was never interested in the disco train. When I say uh, the shorter list is what wasn't I interested in, the disco, disco is one of those. But I think because I have this whole idea of the, these are the things I like. I can also pick out individual disco tracks that I like. And there's a lot. And more... I chose disco because tech loves. I love disco. But, disco. The thing, but the thing is, is that there's a lot of crossover. There's a lot more crossover between disco and funk than yes. either of the two of us are willing to admit. Agreed. And uh, I think I think that's really been the fun of like researching this nutty debate that we still have to hold over who wins well, funk or disco. Because the thing it's, is, it's that we're... like how far into disco am I willing to go, and uh, how far into funk are you willing to go, and how much funk needs to be in the disco for me to still like it, kind of a thing. And and right, and then most it's... of the disco that I like has funk in it. Right. So is so. If the funk is in 4-4 time, is that disco? If the disco track has horns in it, is that funk? And then um, you get wonderful intersections of the two. You get yeah. bands like Jamiroquai. Oh, yeah. Which is a bunch of white English dudes, just to make it even weirder. Um, but that's that's basically the product of disco and funk getting it on. With a lot of pop in there. Yeah. And a lot of other influences yeah. and, uh, funny hats. A lot of, a lot of crazy hats. JK, we miss you. Come back. Um, it's a very funny hat. Baby, come back. Sorry. No, it's a wrong genre. Wow. You really hopped off the train there. Boop, boop. But, uh, yeah. And, um, the thing is that no matter what you like and no matter what you think you're into, there is a community out there for you and you can find them on Discord and Reddit and all kinds of other places. And, I am, um, I guarantee you that one of these communities out there will not be full of gatekeeping losers. The other ones might be. Yeah. Well, and that's the, the thing is like, how hard do you go? You know? Oh, so speaking of getting off the train, there are some things that you and I just do not, and, I, and I'm not lumping it. We're not always the same, but there are certain things that we just either have never even heard of or are going to avoid. And for some reason, and I'm sure people are going to come for me. I don't know what a bad bunny is. It sounds like something I shouldn't mention on this podcast, ah. but apparently they are huge and you can't get tickets to them. And it's so expensive, but I'm supposed to love it. I've never heard of it. And for some reason, it just makes me not want to discover who they are at all. If you think I'm wrong, that that that's okay <laughs> and i'm sure somebody will go okay listen to this and i know you'll like it and, and it, here's here's the thing here's a little secret about me if you want to put together a playlist for me and turn me on to new music i am all for it and i always love playlists so if you want to get me a playlist that i can listen to in canada that's not through apple music or some paid thing 
I love it. And that is probably one of the best presents anybody could give me. So if you want to take the time and put together what we used to call a mixtape for me, I would love that. Same thing. If you want to put it together a mixtape for me, it better be drum and bass. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm open to listening to anything. Um, so if that's how you want to get me to listen to Bad Bunny, go right ahead. Well, but that, that was really- do it in a way that you, you know, you want to you want to show me cool things. That was really funny today when you're like, "Hey, do you listen to this certain mix section? This certain yeah. mi- mix of of drum and ba- of liquid drum and bass on YouTube?" I go, "Yeah, I listen to them all the time." Mix twenty seven just dropped. I've been listening to it all day. It's amazing. It's like, yeah, it's yes, pretty it good. is. It's pretty good. Uh, it was number nineteen, but yeah, um, <laughs> uh, and it just randomly popped up. I, I loved it. Uh, but yeah, the, the, that's the thing. It's like I am open, but there there are definitely sometimes when you hear something like. And I know I said, don't listen to the, the band names because it, it doesn't describe it. But sometimes you're just like, everybody's going nuts over this one thing. It doesn't make sense. The so, name sounds stupid. I'm not interested. As big of an Electronica EDM fan that I have always been mm-hmm. and, you know, the glow stick waving raver and all of the other things that I have been in my life and all of the types of electronic music that I have loved and enjoyed, all of dubstep passed me by. It was an express train that went by the station and never stopped. I tried. I tried to understand it. I had friends that were into it who tried to introduce me to, you know, okay, you got to listen to these songs from Skrillex and, you know, these other artists. And Okay, I have a lot of respect for Skrillex and the work that he does. You know, Deadmau5 and the others, but I... I, you know, it's not the type of thing I'm going to listen to on the, on the way home from work. You know, it's just, it just doesn't do it for me. Dubstep, mumble rap, um, things that sound discordant, um, Yoko Ono screaming into a microphone while other people you, are trying to play you, music. And you say that you don't like discord, but yet you are a huge Bjork fan. I like Bjork. I don't like Bjork when she's sing- screaming and being experimental. Uh, it, it, I am going to beat up a reporter while wearing a swan dress in the airport bathroom. Uh, uh, I know those are three different stories, but yes. to me, it's a lot funnier if it's being videotaped by the sugar cubes while she's beating up the reporter in the airport bathroom while wearing the sn- the, the swan dress. But um I just... I. I... Where was I going? <laughs> no, I, I like Bjork. Um, I like the sugar cubes, but I don't like when she's like, Uta, Uta, Uta. I'm like, that's not a song. Okay. I understand. I appreciate it. If I were live, I might j- dig it just to see the whole performance art, but that's not where we are. And that's not what I want to listen to while I'm on my drive. Um, but if you give me debut, you give me post. Um, I am, I'm going to jam there. So there, there, you know, it's a lot to change your mind. You know, there's a lot, uh, many artists it's, I like certain albums, certain kinds. I mean, heck we love Daft Punk. And even then there's, um, an album that you really weren't that into. Yeah. The last one. Um, was it the last one or the yeah. second to last no, one? The one that had Pharrell in it and Georgia Maroder and, and the, the weekend and the weekend. Yeah. I hate that song. There's, there is one lyric in that song that is just the most disgusting thing I've ever yep. heard. I really do not like that song. Yeah. Um, it's, it is, uh. I like pieces of it. I like pieces of that. I like album, everything except that one line and that one line kind of like, throws the whole song off. It's not like, like, like homework where every track you're like, man, this is amazing. This is so amazing. So. Homework is probably the greatest debut album of all time. I mean, I just, there's, there's, 
so every artist you're going to ha- say, I like this stuff. I don't like that stuff. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's some barbershop, uh, bands out there that you you like when they do this kind of barbershop but not that kind of barbershop sure and, it, and it, i just outed you for liking barbershop I, I, love, I love barbershop 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 anyway um but the, the problem is that the, the thing is is that when you like a musical artist and if there are any teenagers or young people that are listening to this uh that haven't figured this out yet it's okay to not like every track on an album and it's okay to not like everything an artist does and you can still call yourself a fan. You can call yourself a fan of an artist if you only like half of one song. Yeah. I like I like that part of the I I like the second half of the track of The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. It's probably the greatest bass line ever put into a song ever. Am I a Fleetwood Mac fan? Sure. I like their stuff. Am I gonna go to a concert? Not for the prices they're charging now. <laughs> are you able to tell? Uh, uh, well, I'm, I guess you can probably tell. But are, did you? Do you go? Oh, I like Fleetwood Mac, but I'm a um, Stevie Nicks uh, Fleetwood Mac fan, not a Chris. Was it Christine? Anyway, whoever right. it was well, before. It, it, yeah, it, I can't tell you what what part of their career had I, who. I only like Van Halen with David Lee Roth, or I only like Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. It's a, I. I get, okay, one's the I'm the I'm a gigolo guy, and the other guy is Jump. Um, no, that's the same guy. No, it's not. Jump is David. Yeah. Okay, then uh, right now is Sammy Hagar. Um. Okay. Probably. I don't right. know. I, or are they all David Lee Roth? I, I don't know. Maybe I I don't know that one off the top of my head. So. I, I just that was the one where the video was like right now this is happening right now this is happening and halfway through the second verse like right now nobody is paying attention to the lyrics of this song oh really yeah. that's funny yeah, the video was pretty good yeah i right think now. that is sammy hagar so yeah i'm not sure yeah, i'm I, not sure i'm just because that's um late uh when when van halen sounded like a rock band and didn't sound like dr roxo from metalocalypse you know yeah but the, the, the point is, the point is that, um, you know, you, you can like different parts of a, uh, a band's career and, sure. and different, even different songs. I like these songs. I don't like those songs, you know, on the same album. And that's fine too. But, um, yeah. And I think that like one of the things that we've seen is going back. All right. We took the train, but let's go back and let's look at the stops that we missed. Uh, because we definitely go back and, and explore and find older music that we missed out on. Well, and that I love. Well, sure. And we've been doing a lot of that with, uh, you know, especially with things like New Wave, mm. where we're, we've been going back and, uh, at least for me, it's been my education into finding, you know, the early roots of goth and yeah. rediscovering bands, you know, like the Pixies or Susie and the Banshees or the Cures. Um, you're trolling me now no 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 i'm not i dare you to watch the video for fridays i'm in love and you will see that they are called the cures oh, in that video okay, yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. doing it as a pop song where they made themselves okay. a pop band yes so, okay 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 that's fair that's fair you have to remember i don't remember songs from videos because I did not have MTV either, and that has nothing to do with living in Canada. That has to do with uh, growing up in a house without cable. Yes, yes. I missed out on the videos. The only videos we got were on VHS, and they were usually heavy metal. We had this one 
whole album of uh, poison videos. They were great. Tony Katane dancing on the hood of a car. If if that that was that was not poison, but yeah, uh, white snake. Yeah, that was white snake. Um, But same thing. Here's the thing. Poison didn't need girls to dance on cars because Brett was pretty enough for everybody. <laughs> like the, every video is just focused on Brett Michaels because he was gorgeous. So, oh man, with those mean, headbands. It had nothing to do with the headbands. It had everything to do with, with the eyes, acid wash lips, everything. You, you're focusing on the wrong thing here. I don't know what to look at. <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, so that's where we got on and off the train. So we've been rambling here, mm-hmm. but uh, what was my point? Yes, what was your point? To conclude, in conclude, and on that note, yeah. stole your line, Jason. You decided to watch the Super Bowl instead of hanging out with us. So, oh, I get to steal your thanks line. for letting everybody know what day we recorded this. Now they'll know how long it takes me to edit. <laughs> I didn't say what sport. It could be the Super Bowl of Crokinole or Tiddlywinks or something. What was the first word you said? Crokinole? You've never played Crokinole? I don't know what that is. It's like marbles. We played with a, a round board with pegs in it. Combine marbles with bumper pool. Okay. No. I believe you. So I you, believe you. It's 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 a, it's a known thing. It's a perfectly crumulent sport. Gotcha. Totally. Um, but I don't think that they have a Super Bowl because I believe the Super Bowl is trademarked. What do you know? I I, I don't know. I <laughs> said I believe. Okay. But huh. anyway. I'm going to get pedantic here. So... In conclusion. In conclusion. You know, there comes a point in your life when you stop being a slave to trends, and it was fun to try to pinpoint and to reminisce about those moments when we stopped being slave to trends and try to identify why we were slaving to these trends anyways. And then sort of as we grew up, discovered our own style and discovered the things that we like and the things that we don't like, and that's okay. There are things that I like that Nutty doesn't, and there are things that Nutty likes that I don't. And even though we are together... And have been together for a long time now. That's okay. You don't have to like the same things that everybody around you does. And as a matter of fact, it's more fun when you don't. And there are things that, you know, I understand that barbershop is not that popular of a musical thing, but it's a thing for me and I kind of enjoy it. And, and I tolerate it from time to time. Thanks, Nutty. Just like, you know, there's a lot of Lizzo's music that some of it is a lot of fun. The rest of it, really not talking to me. and really No, not, it's not talking to you. And it's really not for me. So there's a lot of Lizzo's music that I tolerate, but I like that you like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it goes. So tell us, where did you get off the train? Like, what is the um the moment that your taste stopped being... Um, influenced by your generation or whatever. And don't, uh, and don't be the hero you, that one person in the comments who's gonna be like, well, I never liked popular music and I was always an individual. No, no, shush. Don't try to, don't try to be tough with us here. Just be honest with us. When, when did you stop listening to popular music? When did yeah. you get off the train? Yeah. And, uh, uh, what, what is one of the big ones that you, are really digging right now. And again, I will invite anyone to make me a mixtape. I love those. So thank you for joining us, everyone. We really appreciate having you with us because, well, otherwise it's just us chatting, which is fine too, but thanks so much. And uh, we're going to thank our patrons before we say goodbye because without them, we wouldn't have two episodes a month. I wouldn't be able to pay my server fees. And on weeks like this, um, I might not come to the microphone and because I might just think nobody cares. Nobody's listening. I don't know. Uh, actually, all of you just let me know that people are listening. So thank you for that. 
and we're not, and we wouldn't have that banging theme song. And we wouldn't have that banging theme song exactly. And for those of you who aren't patrons, anytime you send me feedback or you uh, just kind of let me know that you listened, that's also a boost of encouragement. So thank you so much for that. I want to thank our top tier uh, big daddies. I want to thank our top patron, Jax. Thank you to Jason. Thank you to Rich the TT. Thank you all so much for uh, keeping us going. I also want to thank our patrons of the arts. Yeah, remember the last episode when I said uh, before and calf left, we would have to have him pick out a piece of art because I need to get to doing that. Yeah. I somehow let him leave a second time without going through the art. So that's going to start happening soon. Sorry about that, folks. Um, but thank you to our patrons of the arts. Thank you to Kaylin, to Mark Cabot, to the caffeinated one, Melissa, the bathtub mermaid, to Susanna. And thank you to our True Blue Ride or Die $1 patrons. Thank you so much to Shane, Andy, Cliff, Greg, Harold, Hugh, Ian, Justine, Ken, Kinsey, Crazy Joe Adventures, Mike, PCAT, The Radical Geek, Will, and Zach Van. Thank you so much, everyone, for keeping things going. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you. We really do. Nutty Bites is produced by Nimlas Studios under a Creative Commons Attribution No Commercial Non-Derivatives 3.0 International License. That means you can't change it without my permission. You can share it and send it to your friends. Just link back to me, my site, and everything. We live at nimlas.org, which has links to everything social media, including facebook.com slash group slash Nutty Bites and patreon.com slash nukejoss or call 347-Nutty42.